Welcome to episode 548 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. And I'm Richard Gunther. And this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music shows, and games. Hey, welcome back. Oh, thank you. It has been three weeks since we have recorded together. We skipped a week. Oh. And then I had crazy things going on last week and it just wasn't possible to record so i am happy to be back and i listened to last week's show (laughs) so i have some things i want to share we'll do that later this is like my quarterly review with richard (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no. you did great you did great it was it was just you you had some things where you said i wish richard were here so i could get his thoughts on this of course right. I have thoughts. Of course I have thoughts. So, of course. So, that's a bit of a, a, a teaser is what we would call that, because that's going to come right. at the end of our news. Right. Uh, another thing that we have back, returning this week, not just Richard, but also listener feedback is, is returning. These were sent in to us via email, entertainment20 at thedigitalmediazone.com. And the first one is from Greg P. He had a couple of things he wanted to to hit on. So. First, he wanted to respond to, uh, we were talking during our CES episode about some headphones that clip to your glasses. And he said, I saw those eyeglass headphones and quickly determined they wouldn't work for me. <laughs> I wear distance glasses, uh, a very weak prescription. It just wouldn't work for him. Instead, he uses Aftershocks Airs. These are bone conducting headphones. And work great for podcast, he says. To me, that so that sounds like they probably don't sound that great for music is probably what he's implying there. He says they come with earplugs that you can use if you're cutting the lawn, and that also improves the bass. They fit fine with my glasses. I do a lot of hiking in a mixed-use park and don't want to get run over by a bike, so keeping my ears uncovered is great. When it gets really cold, like below 30, uh, that's probably Fahrenheit, uh, he uses Bluetooth cans that double as earmuffs. He also wanted to let us know that he uh, also switched to YouTube TV for uh, NFL playoff games and for the college football national championship. He said, I like it, but it just reminded me how much garbage there is on cable. <laughs> I, <laughs> I care about sports, in particular soccer. They don't have BEIN, I guess it's, that's a network I've never heard of. Uh, which has a lot of international games. The European Championship is in June on ESPN, so I will need something then. I guess Sling Orange is the cheapest? That's kind of another teaser for later in the show. (laughs) Fubo has the most soccer sports coverage, so I will try them sometime too, but it's about the same price as YouTube TV. At least they offer some 4K content. I get plenty of garbage for free on my Vizio Pluto channels. So they can spy on me as I watch America's Test Kitchen and the BEIN free channel. <laughs> I like nice. this. Yeah. Yeah. And Greg's the first person I've I think I've ever 
I was going to say talk to, but I haven't really. So communicated with that's used those bone conducting headphones. And I've always wondered how well they actually work. And it sounds like they work really well for him. Yeah, it's funny. I had a bone conducting headset at one point and it was in the early Bluetooth days and I promptly lost it. (laughs) So I never got a really good feel for how good is it. But I think you're right. I don't know that I would want this if I were listening to musical content, but for podcasts and audio of video you might be watching, it's probably fine. Yeah. I wonder if they make uh, bone. Actually, I know they do. Uh, Bone conducting headsets would also be pretty good for people who spend like all day on Zoom. That could be a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And again, without necessarily blocking out what's going on around you. Exactly. If you need to hear your kids screaming in the background. Because everybody needs to hear that. <laughs> well, you you might need to hear it in case you need to go like rescue them. True. <laughs> True. Okay. All right. Well, our next message is from Rob W., not to be confused with other Robs who call in with last initials. And Rob W. says, Evening, Josh and Richard. Just wanted to let Josh know that for the first time, I used one of those free ad-supported streaming services. And it was perfectly fine. I just finished reading Stephen King's The Dead Zone and wanted to watch the early 2000s TV series based on the book. And the only place streaming it is the Roku channel. It was a surprise to me because I just assumed that everything on these ad-supported services would be, of course, would of course be available on a subscription one. I was a little annoyed at first having to watch commercials when I already pay for seven commercial-free subscriptions, but it was perfectly fine with only one 45-second break per 44-minute episode. I'm going to stop there for a minute. That's kind of amazing. So I'm curious what it service is. he used. Right. Like w- w- that, that was the part that blew me away when he said he only had to watch one commercial for a 44-minute episode. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So he goes on. He says, the only bad part of the experience had nothing to do with service. I'd completely forgotten the TV series used to have one minute plus intros each episode. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Bottom line, service wasn't bad and scratched my nostalgia itch. Yeah, that's like, I, I almost feel like, you know, he, he introduced this message by saying, Evening Josh and Richard. But it kind of felt like it was more targeted at me because I'm the one who almost every episode is like, yeah, these ad supported services, forget them. I'm not watching any of them. And he went and watched one and actually had a good experience. So I I am shocked that it was that good of, a, of an experience. But yeah, what, what he ends with there about the super long intros, like some of the shows, it's just gotten worse. Like, um Homeland's intro is really long. I remember. Um, well, but Homeland's intro seems long because the music is so cacophonic. Like it's it's mm. intentionally annoying, right? Like it's trying to set her mind state for you, right? And right. I, I really hate the music of every season <laughs> of Homeland's. Right. But but a lot of times I like intros. Like Edward's like skip. Like, there's usually a skip intro button. He's like, skip it, skip it. Like, no, I like this. I enjoy watching this. I enjoy the music. Do you typically sit down and binge one series, though? Binge, no, maybe two or three episodes a night. Because 
I, I think if I was only watching one episode, maybe it'd be fine to watch the intro. But right. if I was watching more than one episode of the same show, I, I'm hitting skip intro. Right, right. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Cool. All right. So again, thank you to Rob and Greg for the feedback, and we hope to hear from more of you in future episodes. So on to the news. I'm actually going to start with a gaming-related story. It'll be short. Don't <laughs> worry, people. Um, but, but it's video news. It, but it, it's also video news and maybe music news. Probably not. No, I don't think there's any music involved here. But more importantly, it's we're recording this February 2nd. It is... Black History Month in the United States. Now, I still think it's absolute crap that we picked the shortest month of the year for it to be Black History Month, but that's probably a, a problem for another night. So, anyway, a lot of a lot of places are doing. Uh, they're trying a little bit harder this year for Black History Month after everything this country went through uh, last year, especially you know around last June. And Xbox is no different. So they're they're making a bigger effort than in previous years. And I, I kind of just wanted to quickly point out some of the cool things they're doing and encourage you to check them out depending on the type of content we talk about. So first off, well, actually I'm going to do these in a slightly different order than, than I've got in, in the notes here, Richard. So let's start with TV and film. They're offering, because maybe you forgot this, but you can buy video content from Microsoft. Um, I don't know how many people do, but at least the movies, most of them uh, work with Play Anywhere. Right. Uh, or, sorry, Xbox. Sorry, gosh. Movies, movies anywhere. anywhere. That's the name of the service, Movies Anywhere. So if you buy any of this, any of these movies, uh, they should show up in Movies Anywhere, and you can watch them on basically any other device you own. Uh, and the thing that they're doing here is they've got some special curated list. So you can do, like, movies with black protagonist or movies uh made by you know black creators whether that's directors or writers or things like that and they've got a few different categories like that for tv and film then they've got the same sort of thing for games but it's broken down a little bit more so it's you know protagonist or characters or creators or you know has uh character customization that allows you to make yourself, you know, not just a white dude, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, so th- that's cool. If you're just looking for some, some new content, some new games to play and the Xbox store does point out which games are available via game pass. So if you're already a game pass subscriber, there are some uh, games in there that, that fall into these categories. So that's cool. And they're also working to amplify the voices of uh, black Xbox ambassadors. So if, if you've been with us forever, uh, you know, with this podcast forever, you probably remember, you know, the, the Microsoft MVP program, uh, Xbox, they've started to do things a little bit different. Now they've got a group of people that they call Xbox ambassadors. And these are community members who are doing awesome things for the Xbox community. And so they sent out a request to the Xbox ambassadors saying, basically tell us like how, being able to like play games with black characters and things like that, how that has impacted your life. And they got tons of feedback. And so they've shared a bunch of that on their website. And it's really interesting to read. So that that's out there. Of course, links for all of this in the show notes, by the way. Um, and then the other, one of the other things, because there's actually a bunch, but this is the last one we'll talk about. 
uh, their their official Xbox Twitch channel, which, man, that, that like, it just seems like, you know, Microsoft and Xbox had their own game streaming service. Right, right. so let that sink in for just a minute. Right, <laughs> but now it's, it's Twitch. Uh, their channel, they're, they're dedicating this whole month to celebrating Black History Month. So um, go to the website to see the different things they're doing, but like interviews with uh, Black creators of games and things like that. So tons and tons and tons of content out there that Microsoft is doing to help celebrate Black History Month. So go and check that out. Uh, Links to all of that in the show notes over at thedigitalmediazone.com. Very cool. Yeah. I think what I've seen is a lot of the services offering at least one or two feature areas or ribbons in their major content that are trying to highlight content created by or featuring um, black artists or black directors and stuff like that. And, and I love seeing stuff like that. I'm, I'm glad we're, it's just kind of expected now, which is, which is, I, I think wonderful. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, on to some video news, some some full video news. <laughs> Discovery Plus. I moved this to the to the top of of the show notes because I think this is actually one of the the coolest stories we've had to talk about in a while. Hmm, really? Dis- okay. Yeah, yeah actually. Hmm. So, Discovery Plus, brand new streaming service that we talked about, it just launched in in January, and they so Lots of really good content that, you know, we we talked a lot about how it, it's more like stuff that you're putting on in the background or stuff that you're watching before bed or whatever, because it's things like House Hunters and and Chopped and Property Brothers and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, not stuff that it's like, oh, I have to binge all of these episodes in order. They have some of that, but a lot of it isn't that at all. <laughs> well, they also, some of those really popular shows, like 90 Day Fiance apparently is a popular show, they don't have the new episodes available as as video on demand. It's just not there. So what they're doing now is they have linear streams of some of these shows. And when we say linear streams, we are talking the old school way of watching TV. Like when you turned on a TV and it was just automatically playing something, and it just kept playing something. Except in this case, it's linear streams that are essentially marathons of a particular show. Right. So if you like 90 Day Fiance or House Hunters, you go to that channel within the app, and it just automatically is playing Property Brothers or House Hunters or whatever, and it just keeps playing and playing and playing. It's kind of awesome. And so I, I turned this on tonight while I was working on the show notes. Like you're laughing at me, but it is. I turned this on while I was working on the show notes because I was curious, like, okay, what about commercials? Because I'm not paying. Oh, crap. Yes, I am. I'm maybe not a good test case because I am paying for Discovery Plus. But I had uh, Property Brothers channel on for probably 20, 25 minutes and never saw an ad. So I don't know if that would be the case. If you're on, actually, is there even a free version? Wow. Now I'm getting so confused with all of the different streaming providers. I believe there is. I think there is I don't remember, but I believe there is. Right. For some reason, I get Discovery Plus and Peacock mixed up a lot in my brain. So 
So well, and Peacock I has think this three is awesome. Right. Yeah. Peacock's super confusing. So I think this is really cool for for these types of shows when uh, you're folding laundry and just want to watch something or you're really sitting there and doom scrolling on your phone and, and want some something playing on the TV or whatever. And you can turn on Chopped or turn on Deadly Woman, Women. I have no idea what that is. It sounds interesting. Or Homicide Hunter. Interesting. Uh, chopped. Say yes to the dress. Property Brothers, like I said, fix fixer upper. Like there's a lot of a lot of their really popular shows are in here. But Richard, you don't sound as excited about this. So I get it. I I get it. And I also understand like my reaction is, well, why not just let you infinitely shuffle episodes of the show? And the answer is it's cheaper for them to create one linear stream that everyone can jump into than to have to deliver multiple individual streams to different people started at different times. There's some infrastructure benefit there. So I, I get that. Well, I think what I don't like plus the licensing deals because they probably can't offer these episodes as VOD because of the deals they've got with other providers. Yes, possibly, but even yeah. Yeah, so that's the other thing that I don't like, right? Is that this is the only way to consume some of these shows, like the the core Property Brothers show, which frankly I didn't even know was still a thing because I thought they spent all their time doing spin-offs now. But yeah, I, I this bugs me. I wish that you had the ability to get to these individual episodes if you wanted to, and then kind of play it out the way that you want. I like that you can just have this on the in the background. I think that makes sense. That's totally fine. People do that all the time. I almost feel like there should be something like what you talked about with Netflix last week, where you could just say, okay, play something, and it would just continue to put stuff on mm-hmm. based on what it knows you would like. Right. Because, come on, that's what HGTV is, right? So it would just kind of mix these things together and you wouldn't have to do the whole marathon thing. The other thing that I don't like, and you haven't mentioned this yet, is that there's really no insight into what you're watching or what's up next. Right. It's just on. Right. But for this type of content, does that matter? I don't think it does. Like, does anybody care about what? Oh, man. Season three, episode eight of Property Brothers was amazing. Like, no, 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 no one is doing that. <laughs> right? It's just, I'm turning on some Property Brothers right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The control freak in me is having a problem with this, but I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I, I just wish there was more flexibility here. Right. It's not like I'm watching episodes of Homeland out of order. True. Or even in order. Like, I wouldn't really want this for Homeland. But, well, but of course the, you like, wouldn't. That would be terrible. Right. But for older shows, like what about Cheers or MASH or or like any sitcom, basically, mm-hmm. you would probably yep. do this for? Yep. Yep. Pretty much what TV time and other networks like that are for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. So that's great news. Here's some not so great news, but it's not the worst news in the world. Sling TV is getting a price increase. Surprise. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's never surprising when these services go up in cost, but at least it's been a while. They're not like Hulu, who's like, hey, every other month we're raising the price. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sling TV hasn't increased their prices since 2019. Right. They also have, and I think, I think they rolled this out back with that price increase in 2019. They, they in- instituted this like one year price guarantee. So, even if they do increase their prices, you get to keep your price for a year. Yep. So their prices for their main packages, the Sling Orange or Sling Blue, they're going up by $5 a month. So that brings them up to $35 a month. If you want both of them, it's $50 a month. That's still $15 a month less than Hulu right. and YouTube TV. Right. That's important. The way they've split their stations up you really have or channels up i should say you you have the opportunity to get nearly as much as you would get on these other services for much less because of how they're bundling it right right yeah like for me i always go to sling when i need to to watch the nhl playoffs because i can go sling blue because the only channel i care about is nbc sports so why why would i pay for hulu or youtube tv when I can get this slim down version for just the channels I care about. Right. So those are going up by five bucks a month. Um, but if you are a current subscriber, like if you signed up two weeks ago, your prices aren't changing. Actually, I guess I'm not sure about two weeks ago, but for current subscribers, their cost won't go up until August. So this is new subscriber prices have, have increased. They're also increasing the prices of some of their add-ons, you know, they've got lots of different sports add-ons and things like that. Most of those are going up by a dollar a month. It gets kind of confusing when you start bundling like orange and blue. If you want all those details, it's in the the link in the show notes. Most of them were five bucks. Now they're going to be six bucks. Right. Right. And then they're also giving you some more DVR service basically for free. So the base package now includes 50 hours of DVR instead of 10. I mean, 10 is that, ridiculous. Yeah. 10 is enough to be like, oh crap, I'm not going to be home for that episode tonight. I, right. I, I but it's why, not, why bother? Right. It's, you're it's not a keeping free drugs entire model. seasons of shows on, on a 10 hour yeah. DVR. If you were paying for the DVR add on, which I think is $5 a month. Now you get 200 hours of DVR, which I think it was 50 before. So that's a pretty significant upgrade. So everybody's getting more DVR service and significantly more. So that that's all pretty good. Like in terms of a story where we're talking about an, a price increase for a service, this is probably about as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> it How is, does it get better than this? It, no, it, you're right. I mean, it is good. What I, what I wanted to see is DVR flexibility on more content because my big beef with Sling was that the DVR either wasn't available for some stations or what you expect to be part of having a DVR, which is just basic pause and resume and stuff like that, wouldn't work on some stations, even if you could record those channels, which makes no sense whatsoever. So I I really, I want them to get through the licensing deals that they need to make to make their DVR offering more appealing. 
I mean, yeah, I'm not great that you get more of it, but I don't like the way it is. Well, and it's not just Sling that has that problem. It might be worse on Sling, but I think all of the services have that problem. True. You know what doesn't? A TiVo. Right. A TiVo, a cable box, DVR, a Windows Media Center PC. And that's what they're competing with. Yeah, they are. So, I don't know. Right. But they also don't have long-term commitments. True. So, I'm curious, Richard, if you're going to be interested in this next service that we're talking about. Another brand new streaming service. He's already shaking his head. For you audio listeners at home, he's already shaking his head. Not interested. So, I don't think I'm going to get much help here on this story. So, (laughs) new service called Documentary Plus. Because if there's anything we've learned about video streaming services over the last two years. It's only a good streaming service if it has a plus at the end of the name. Yeah, but they're misusing the plus, and we can get to that in a minute. (laughs) So this, as you might expect, is a streaming service all about documentaries. It's free, so that's good. I have no idea what they're... Like, there has to be ads, right? Like, none of these services are free without ads. But their website does very little to really talk about any of the specifics of the service. It shows you what you can watch and you can start watching things, but their website doesn't even tell you the devices that they support. Uh, I couldn't find it. Now, fortunately, the the article that we linked to uh, over at Streamable says that it's available on Apple TV, Amazon, Roku, mobile devices, and of course their website. But I, I don't know if it's on other things. It might be. Don't know. I guess go and search your your device's app store to find out if Documentary Plus is available. Now, here's the part where I, I, I really needed the most help from Richard because I don't watch documentaries. Like I, I've watched a couple period in the last few years. And so when they start talking about specific films and specific filmmakers, most of these names I've never heard of, but I'm going to read them anyway, because maybe you do care about documentaries and you, and this might make you want to to go and get this service. There's also a very decent chance that I'm going to mispronounce some of these names because I've never heard of almost all of these people. Spike Jones, Catherine Bigelow, Terrence Malick, Brett Morgan, Andrea Nevins, Roger Ross Williams, Zena Brisky, Davis Guggenheim, and Warner Herzog. That name sounds familiar. Maybe? No? <laughs> Does that ring a bell for you, Richard? Yeah, I am... I am unfamiliar with most, not all, but most of these names. And the same is true, and here's your transition, for the titles that they tout as examples. The Imposter, Born into Brothels, that sounds interesting, Cartel Land, My Best Fiend, and Life Animated. That's just some of them. But they've got all sorts of different categories. They've got sports and music and I don't know, lots of different things. I'm not familiar with this. I'm not at all familiar with this. My, you know, my exposure to documentaries is going to be on topics that I'm specifically interested in. So it's more in like tech or sci-fi or movies, the movie industry itself, uh, maybe stuff that has to do with politics, gay and lesbian interest, stuff that has to do with, um, I know Disney, you know, like things <laughs> right. that, right? Things or that kind of or Disney or Disney or did, <laughs> and they have a lot of good documentaries on Disney Plus. Oh, by the way, Disney Plus is using the name 
plus properly compared to how everybody else uses it. Here, the plus makes no sense because it's free. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, it's because it's required. If you're going to release a new streaming service, it has to have a plus in the name, Richard. See, I would have expected this to be documentary go or documentary something, now or documentary now or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, this it's this just no, I, I don't get it. I mean, this will appeal to an audience for sure. Absolutely. Right. It's just not my thing. Handsome Rob is asking in the chat if you watch space documentaries. You do. You've watched, you've talked about some on this. Oh, show. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Richard is a grade A space nerd. So he totally <laughs> watches that stuff. Particularly if it has to do with the Apollo era. Mm, yeah. Okay. Last video story Disney, sort of. It's, it's the Disney Plus bundle. So it's the Disney Plus bundle that so many of you have been waiting for is now available. So this is the Disney Plus bundle that includes Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and the ad-free version of Hulu, which it's it's really just now becoming widely available. They started kind of slowly making it available to new subscribers back in December, but now it looks like just about anyone can switch over to this. So if you signed up for the Disney Plus bundle back in late 2019, when Disney Plus first launched, and you're like, well, yes, I'm going to do the bundle, but oh, man, I have to watch commercials on Hulu. Boo. Well, now you don't have to do that anymore. I think there were workarounds. I think we had talked about some workarounds for getting the ad-free version of Hulu in the past, but now it's just straight and simple. Give them $18.99 a month. You get all three of those services, and you're still getting the discount. You're still basically getting ESPN Plus for free. Uh, for doing this. You know, one one quick thing, because there's not really much else to talk about with, with this story, that I do want to point out. Maybe you don't watch, maybe you don't care about much of the video content that is on ESPN+. Plus. There is another important benefit to ESPN+, Plus, and that is the ESPN.com website has a paywall called ESPN+. Plus. And so a lot of their content from some of their better writers is behind that paywall. And if you have ESPN Plus, you can read all of that stuff. So not uh, not something that's regularly talked about or or pointed out, but that's that's a big benefit for sports fans. Like if you're an NFL fan, you're probably not getting that much useful content, uh, video content right. out of ESPN Plus. Right. But you might want to be reading all of the stuff that's on ESPN Plus on the website and you get that with this bundle. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the last uh, full news story for this episode before we kind of recap a couple of things from last week. And this is also a gaming story. We're going to bookend the news with gaming stories this week. And that is Google Stadia doing uh, perhaps what everyone expected Google Stadia would eventually start to do. And that is they're, let's just be honest here, they are slowly falling off a cliff. They're rolling down a hill. I guess you can't slowly fall off a cliff, but you can definitely roll down a hill into a pit of spikes at the bottom. They're still on the hill. Good grief. (laughs) If you roll down a hill, it doesn't kill you. If you roll down a hill into a pit of spikes, it kills you. And I think Google Stadia is not long for this world. That's where we're going out here with this story. So 
Google is shutting down their two studios that they opened up for creating Stadia exclusives for their game streaming service. They were called Stadia Games and Entertainment Studios. These studios have only been open for like a year and a half. Like that's not a whole lot of time when it comes to making major video games. Didn't Microsoft do the same thing? uh, No, I don't think Microsoft's closed any studios. I thought they, I thought, well, okay, maybe not exactly the same thing. They created a an original content division that they, was tied to gaming that they ended up closing down. Oh, that was working on like some of the Halo f- movies mm-hmm. and TV shows and stuff like that. But I thought that was also but right, and and I thought that was tied into the gaming, and we were going to see gaming from them too. But maybe it was just maybe it was just video content associated with gaming. I think it was. I think it was just video content. Hmm. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about that. Yeah, so they're they're shutting down these two studios. They have one in L.A., one in Montreal. It's about 150 people. Google's going to try and find other jobs for these people, like within Google. But if they're game developers, they're they're not going to want to stick around at Google. So hopefully, these people find good jobs uh, relatively quickly. Jobs that interest them. I'm not saying that a job at Google isn't a good job. It probably is. But if you're a game developer, working at Google probably isn't the place where you want to be. <laughs> now, for the time being, Stadia is not going anywhere. You can still sign up for Stadia. You can still play it. You can still buy games through Stadia. But there aren't going to be, well, there probably aren't going to be any more Stadia exclusives because why would Ubisoft or some other major publisher say, oh yeah, we'll take our massive game and make it a Stadia exclusive. Like that's... That's a terrible idea. Maybe there'll be some Stadia exclusives that are tiny indie games. That that's a possibility, but uh those those types of exclusives aren't going to get anybody to switch to the platform. So then then you wonder why Google would even shell out the money to do something like that. So I I don't think it's going anywhere yet, but the announcement seemed very very much focused on their industry partners, not on the gamers. <laughs> they barely talked about the gamers at all, but they talked a ton about partners. So it makes me think that the future of Stadia is that Stadia goes away, but the technology doesn't. And the technology ends up getting white labeled for other services, like maybe Activision decides they want to have their own game streaming service and they use Stadia Tech or ISPs Mm. want to make their own game streaming services and they use the Stadia tech. Mm. That makes sense. But like, like we said, when Stadia was first announced, Google may have web tech. They don't know anything about games. That that was always the big concern with Stadia. And clearly they didn't know much about making games. So we're going to have a link in the show notes to an article from IGN, although I believe it was Kotaku who first reported this story. Um, so I'm just going to read word for word what what this, this IGN post ended with. I love this quote. One source familiar with Stadia's first-party work, so these are the studios that were getting closed down, closed down, told Kotaku, Google was a terrible place to make games. Imagine Amazon, but under-resourced. It's Google. They don't make quite as much money as Amazon, but 
Well, why, why are they under-resourced? Right. Arguably because they didn't properly resource this project. They didn't, they didn't give it what it needed to succeed. This always, and I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me on this, but this always felt like this was someone's pet project. And they were allowed to see what happened with it. Yeah, and and I don't think it was a bad idea. Uh, I I think they went into this and said, "Wow, gaming is huge." Like in in case our listeners don't know, the gaming industry makes more money every year than music and movies combined. Combined, right? Gaming is massive. So to be able to get into that ecosystem and and make a dent and make some serious money from it makes tons of sense and they are one of the companies that would at least have a decent chance of doing that that because of their position in you know the cloud infrastructure market and all of that and just massive amounts of capital but they don't know gaming right yep okay so that's it for our news this week uh a couple of of follow-ups from from last week uh i talked about channels and their new picture-in-picture support over on iOS and tvOS. But I don't think I probably did the greatest job of explaining exactly what this meant, because there are some very important details when it comes to talking about picture-in-picture on an Apple TV. So set me straight, Richard. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that you didn't do a good job of explaining it. I think it's that channels in describing this and the press that covered it didn't really do a good job of making it clear what this provided you. So picture in picture, it, I'm not by any means degrading this. This is a great capability. I love the channels is doing this. But what this is specifically is that it is taking advantage of iOS's and tvOS's ability to let you watch whatever you were watching currently in a thumbnail while you go and do something else on that device. So it means me it means maybe bringing up your browser or maybe answering the door or something like that if you're on your TV and and you want to look at who's on uh who's on your HomeKit enabled doorbell. That sort of thing is what you can do and then still watch your channels in a picture-in-picture thumbnail view on top of this. What this is not, and this is what I want to make clear here, this is not watch one channel on the big screen and then watch another channel in a picture-in-picture window. This is not that. And I, I am concerned that many people may have jumped to that conclusion because certainly none of the information the channels released would have suggested otherwise. So could you have Netflix on the big screen and channels in the picture-in-picture window? That's an interesting scenario that I hadn't tried to play out myself when I tested this. And that's because I think that when you start one video player, it automatically disables the other video player Mm. in any iOS or tvOS device. So I don't know that that would work. I don't think it would. Okay. Because they're competing for the audio. Okay. Then I might have misrepresented it 
its functionality last but, night. But I don't even think he went there because, again, their information didn't go into that sort of detail. So yeah. I just wanted to clarify that for people. Okay, so the other thing that I talked about last week that I really wanted your input on was CBS All Access switching to Paramount Plus and, and with the name change, bringing more of Paramount's content library to the service because you have dogged CBS All Access <laughs> from the very beginning. And, and I wondered if this changed things at all for you. I have dogged this. And, you know, I, it has a plus now, so I have to have it, right? Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is what this should have been all along. This should have been a, a combination of the exclusive content and a deep catalog of content that you're not going to find readily in other places. And th that is what they finally have by combining the Paramount and CBS content libraries into this. They've been doing this over time. So by suddenly saying, all right, we're relaunching as Paramount Plus, it doesn't suddenly make it all that much better. It has been gradually increasing over time. They've been doing this since the merger finalized. And this is just kind of like the final step. I'm happy about this. I'm really happy about this. As I mentioned previously, I gave in to paying for CBS All Access through a bundle available on Apple TV where I could pay for Showtime, which I will absolutely pay for because there's lots of content on there that I enjoy pretty much year round and get CBS All Access for free. So what I'm hoping, and I don't think we know this yet, is when this is rebranded, will that deal, will that bundle still carry forward from what I had before? And I hope so, because I don't know as much as I like Star Trek, I don't know if I would pay for this and Showtime going forward separately. Right. It, it probably becomes one of those services where you sign up for a month binge the show you care about, and then cancel it. Right, exactly. Exactly. But I will tell you that I will, I will no longer like actively boycott it like I did before. <laughs> like I, I went and bought all the episodes of the first and second seasons of, of Star Trek Discovery through other means, costing me probably as much as it would have been to just subscribe for two or three months to watch them because I was not going to pay CBS to watch CBS content. All right, cool. So Richard, I assume that since you haven't been on the show in a couple of weeks, you've caught up on all of your podcasts, all of your other content, and you've got a giant list of things to talk about here and what's going on in your entertainment center. Well, you're right on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let me tackle them in order. So all of my podcasts, no, I'm, but I'm so close. I'm like three or four days behind in podcasts. So I made a lot of headway there and I'm very excited about that. All of my content, come on, who are we kidding? I'm not even going to address that. As far as what I've been watching, a ton of stuff. And again, because I am not at home, because I am in a different space than I would normally be, my viewing habits and my access to things is a little bit different than it would normally be. So I finished The Right Stuff, finally. That was a slog. It started great, and it got boring, and I, I just don't think it was all it 
lived up to. The cast was much better than the uh, than the writing they were asked to support. So I, I, I don't know if that show will survive into a second season. I am caught up on This Is Us. Interesting tidbit about This Is Us. I didn't watch last week's episode because <laughs> it didn't exist. They didn't actually get it out on time because COVID. They ended up having to... Uh, having to, at the last minute, cancel the episode that they were slated to put out last week because they had production problems because of COVID and had to kind of reset their production. I didn't realize that like they were that close, like production was that close to when shows aired. I think largely because of COVID that many shows are writing it really tight, probably tighter than we've seen for a long time, perhaps since, and this goes way back, but if you're with me, you'll totally get this one, episodes of Moonlight. Like, there were, or Moonlighting, sorry. There were, there were literally weeks when there wasn't an episode of Moonlighting at the last possible minute because they didn't get it done in time. Wow. That just, yeah. that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh Continuing to go through Kim's Convenience, loving that. Watched a little bit more of The Crown. We're about halfway through the most recent season. I'm caught up on Superstore. That show has lost its edge. It just isn't what it used to be, but it's still funny. And I still argue that they are handling the realities of the pandemic better than most other shows are. We've completed the Doctor Who story arc of River Song. And I mentioned that we would have a link Eventually, when I was done with this in our show notes, we'll put that in this week. This is a link to a blog where they identify all the things that you need to watch in the correct order if you want to watch the River Song story arc in its correct order. And by that, I mean, this is, in most cases, reverse order of the way these episodes would appear over time, chronologically. So it... it it's so good. We got so much out of it. I'm so glad we did that. And now we're back to watching regular Doctor Who stuff. New show on Disney Plus, WandaVision. Josh, any chance at all you've looked into this? I haven't watched it yet, but it's one that I'm, I would consider. Like, I mean, everyone who listens to the show knows how I feel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not my favorite thing in the world. But Wanda or whatever her name was um, in, in the Avengers movies was one of the characters I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, robot guy, Infinity Stone man, whatever the heck his name, Vision, right? Vision. <laughs> his name is Vision. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't really care that much for though. So that's that's the, the hard part about this for me. So I don't know. Is it something I would like? This is totally why we're friends. So Vision is the character that I thought was more interesting (laughs) of that couple and Wanda not so much. But uh, yeah, so this is a fascinating show. Everybody in my inner circle of like daily chat and stuff like that has been saying, oh, Richard, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. It's amazing. And it is really good. It is one of these things where you don't understand what's going on. It won't make sense. And you get a little bit closer where we are now, which is four episodes in. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's clever. It's fun. The closing titles 
uh, in and of themselves deserve an Emmy, which they give titles for now, or which they give Emmys for now, actually. Uh, and the titles are f- just brilliant, artistic, so clever. And I would recommend giving it a try, but you like, you have to watch, you can't just watch the first episode. You have to watch the second episode, which will make you want to watch the third, which isn't all that good. And then you have to watch the fourth and everything changes. So <laughs> you basically huh. have to give it like two hours. They're half hour episodes. That's the good news. Oh, they're only a half hour? Yeah. Would Jen like it? Uh, did Jen enjoy sitcom TV from our youth? Yes. Does she like retro sitcom TV? Uh, how retro? <laughs> so, I, the, one of the appeals of this show is that it mimics the the look and feel, and in fact, in some cases, the sets and the scenes from past sitcoms. And it, like, as far back as the 50s. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. Maybe I'll talk her into giving it a try. It's interesting. It's fun. I will tell you, I'm loving it. Edward's done with it. <laughs> uh, he, he does not like stuff where you just don't have a firm footing, mm. you know? And, and and this is one where you just have to give into it and just see where it goes. So it's interesting. All right. Uh, Real time with Bill Maher, as always, timely news commentary, and that's been interesting to watch these days. I finally found the last few episodes of Extreme Makeover Home Edition that I hadn't been able to see. Here's an interesting thing. So since Discovery Plus came out, the HGTV Go app had removed a lot of the content that you could get to before. The whole series of of Extreme Makeover Home Edition, at least this most recent season, have been available to watch whenever you want it. It's not even there. Like many, many, many other shows are not even there anymore. You have to pay for them now if you want to watch them. So just having a cable service and getting stuff for free, not as much of an option anymore. Except, and here's what's really weird. If you have an Apple TV app or Apple TV with the Apple TV app, you can search for this episode and then find it and then watch it through HGTV. Even though when you back out of it into the HGTV app, you then can't find it and search for it in the HGTV app. That's really weird. It is really, really weird. Makes no sense. Also, remember we were talking about watching free content with ads, stuff that's made available with ads and how wonderful it was for our listener when he watched it. Well, HGTV continues to show you how not to do ads. And I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before where you watch something on some of these services and you get like the same ad multiple times in a row or multiple times at a break. I watched the same ad for the same Nissan vehicle that I can't even, after seeing it this many times, tell you which one it was, where there were breaks where you there were four times in a row that it played the same ad. Not there's eight ads and it was peppered with four of these ads. No, four times in a row, it played the same Nissan ad. 
Was it the one with the Captain Marvel actress? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's an Nissan. Brie Larson? Isn't yeah. that who? I don't know if it was or not. But come on. Really? Like that's just that's just bad technology. Yeah. And and frankly, if I were Nissan, I would be pissed because that's not how I want my ad spend to be used. Right. Well, and and it's going to make people mad at Nissan. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Nuts. Crazy. All right. Uh, I we wanted to watch the most recent New Year's episode of Doctor Who. That's the the annual special they come out with and I wanted to watch that and I had recorded it on my TiVo, but for some reason my TiVo is not letting me stream remotely right now. Don't know why. That's another pet peeve to have with TiVo. Also, by the way, just in case you hadn't noticed, if you have a TiVo and you use the TiVo app and you've downloaded anything from TiVo, you should be aware of the fact that that app is going to delete anything that you downloaded into it when the new app update comes out. Because apparently that's how TiVo figured out to roll their roll out their next update. <laughs> it's cleaner that way, Richard. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. But anyway, the only way that I could watch this apparently is by signing up for AMC Plus. Plus. There's it's another plus. One. I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> neither did I. It's paid. It means it's paid. And AMC Plus includes BBC America and a bunch of other stuff and all their content bundled together, Sundance Channel and blah, blah, blah. So I got a free trial through Amazon as a channel. Now, the thing that's interesting about AMC Plus is that there is no AMC Plus app. No such thing. It's just a channel. What? So that means you have to get it as like on your Roku or on your Amazon Amazon Prime account or on your Apple TV plus thing it's an add-on to someone else's stuff okay right 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 yeah crazy well and so i will be I canceling mean, we do that. want we do want these things mashed together so we don't have to hop from from app to app to app but that's not the world we live in so we need the apps yeah yeah it, it's right yep so anyway, that's weird. I'll be canceling it. We watched it. It was good. Enjoyed it. Okay. I am, like I said, away from home, and I brought a couple different things with me, and I've ultimately concluded that my way old Apple TV with no developer-provided apps, uh, that's not cutting it in my office. And so I went out and bought a new Chromecast. And you may say, but Richard, you already have a Chromecast. You've talked about it. It's great. You use it as your major. Yep. Bought another one. And that's in my office now so that I can actually watch live TV and other stuff that I want to be able to sling to it. So, And it's 50 bucks. It's not $180 like buying a second Apple TV. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked, I guess months ago now, uh, we talked about Peacock and uh, we had talked about how, you know, I wasn't paying for it anymore because I just had the trial subscription. Apparently, I forgot to set a reminder on that because I was still paying for Peacock. And I got my most recent reminder that I was re-upped for another month. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to get rid of that. So I went into the app and you can't can't downgrade your service in the app. It's not possible. You actually have to log in separately it's and i all i could think of to myself was 
This is just so Comcast, right? This is classic Comcast retention behavior that they won't let me just do it in the place where I am. Right. But then we had a listener who reminded me, and I thank you for that. And I came down from my little angry shelf that this is probably Apple. This is probably Apple saying, well, you can't change your plan in the app, even if it's down to a lower plan, because that's still you're doing your e-commerce in the app. And if you're doing that, then we want our 30%. So yeah, okay, whatever. Still piss me off. Now, back to content. Snowpiercer, season two started. It's great. Love the show. I'm very excited. They're on a season two. Season three has already been announced. So obviously people are liking it. That's a good thing. I tried a new thing that I had not heard of before on Netflix. It was recommended to me. It is called Down to Earth. It's a series where Zac Efron runs around the globe and like highlights all these really cool things in different locations on the planet. It's surprisingly good. The first episode was about Iceland. And I've been to Iceland five times. I was married in Iceland. I love Iceland. I have watched, I can't tell you how many documentaries on Iceland. I have an Iceland find it for me search so that it records anything that it can find on my TiVo about Iceland. This, awesome. this was great. I learned stuff I had never seen before. Absolutely loved it. So if you're into travel video stuff and the kind of stuff that you would normally see on the travel channel, this is surprisingly good. I would highly recommend it to people. Then on Hulu, they recommended that I watch this thing called Container Homes. And I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Sure, I'm interested in Container Homes. I think that's an intriguing way of building. So I started watching a couple episodes of that. There are only five, unfortunately. I want more. It's great. It's really cool. I think this was an HGTV series that didn't make it, but they put the first five episodes up there anyway. Maybe, maybe so was, the rest are over on uh, Discovery Plus? Yeah, totally. I could just pay and watch the rest of them. That's entirely possible. Watch the most recent episode of Disney Insider, which just came out, and it's been so long since we've talked that I should mention that I spent the good portion of Inauguration Day watching the Inauguration Day events, and... uh I can't remember her name, but Amanda, whatever her last name is, holy crap. Begins with the G. She was awesome. Yeah, she was so good. She was just awesome and inspiring. And the musical artists that they had were great. And it it was a relief that everything went off largely without a hitch. And so, uh, yeah, I should mention that because I that that was something that was really important to me, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. As you mentioned, a very long list. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, I've got good news and bad news for you. Okay. Discovery Plus does have container homes. Bad news is there are only five episodes. I think there were just only five episodes. Yeah, so they only made five, which is a shame because it's a really interesting show, and I love this like reuse of of stuff for new purposes. I think, I think it's so clever. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's it for me. How about you? How I, I all right, let's settle back for another 15 minutes of your content. <laughs> That's never been the case for what's going on in my entertainment. <laughs> <center>. <laughs> no, I wish. 
Okay. So for me, we'll start with gaming. It'll be fast, I promise. Uh, a little bit of just a little bit of NHL, a little bit of Wasteland Three. Um, yeah, not a ton of gaming in the last week. It's just been too busy. Uh, and then a little bit of Mario Party with the family. I did finish an audiobook. I finished the one that I had talked about last week. It's called Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. It's a sci-fi story about first contact with aliens. It takes place in like 2007. Uh, it's good. I liked it. Uh, I'm not going to say it's like the best sci-fi I've ever read, but it's good. It's definitely, you know, as an audiobook, it's like 16 hours. That's not very long. So uh, check it out if you're into sci-fi stuff. Uh, watched, I think, one Penguins game, maybe. And then I also, uh, Eden and I finally finished watching All-American on Netflix. So uh, that's in season three. They have renewed it i think but no idea when season four is coming up so we finished that and then eden said so what are we gonna watch next and i said how about you start watching hockey with me she didn't really like that idea so (laughs) she said uh because she has much better ideas than i do she said well what about the mandalorian would you watch the mandalorian with me and i'm like well considering i had been asking you to watch the mandalorian right here we go again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to start from the very beginning, which is fine. It's not like, I, I think we got two episodes in when we first watched together. Um, the other option that she presented me with was Stranger Things. She loves that show. And uh, some of our listeners may remember, I, I watched the first season of Stranger Things and got so mad by how the first season ended where they didn't tell you anything that I was like, nope, I'm done with the show. I'm never watching Stranger Things again. Uh, we'll see if maybe my daughter can convince me to watch it, but I'm not excited about Stranger Things. So I, I think you should let her convince you. It's it's like X-Files. You, you learn enough to make you feel uncomfortable. <sighs> That's an interesting way of describing that. Enough to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what I'm going for. <laughs> So probably going to be watching The Mandalorian here soon, which is good. I mean, everybody's been talking about that forever, so it'd be nice to get caught up on that. And I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I can convince Jen to check out WandaVision. That might not actually take much convincing. Just tell her it's Avengers characters, and yep. we'll see about that. I also still have Tenet to watch. Um, man, I want to watch it. But like, it, it seems like the few times that I've... S- sat down on the couch and been like, I should watch it. It's already like nine 30. I'm like, ah, this is two and a half hours. Yeah. You need, you need a clear runway and a clear head to be able to sit down and watch that one. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, this is why I'm so frustrated by the movie theater situation. Like <laughs> this would right. have been perfect to watch. In a right. Movie because you can only be focused in watching the movie right. when you're in. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Yeah, I hear you. So that's pretty much it for me. Um, I I think I'm going to need to find another audio book. Um, well, actually, I, I might not need to find. I've got the next couple of, uh, I think it's the last two books from the Stephen King, The Dark Tower series. Yeah. Got them on hold. I don't think the hold was very long. So maybe in the next week or so, I'll get access to those and can finally finish that series up. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's it for what's going on in my entertainment center and all of our news. So that's really it for the show. So if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter. Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard. The website is at DigiMediaZone. We're on Facebook and Instagram and all those other places. Got an email address. All of our contact information is in our show notes. Just go over to www.thedigitalmediazone.com. You'll find it all right there. You'll also find Richard's other show. It's called Home On, covering smart home tech from the DIY perspective. Richard, what is going on with Home On? That is such a good question. I ask myself that all the time. (laughs) So just to be completely frank, I am having a really hard time keeping up with this while I'm away from home. And I don't honestly know if I'm going to be able to get episodes out while I'm away. I am going to try and get something out in February. We tried for CES and I just couldn't make it work with the CNET folks. I am getting together with Dave McCabe in the next couple of days. And we are going to try and do uh, each other's respective shows together it's sometime this week. So Interesting. I'm, I am hoping that we are going to be able to get something out in the next week or two to at least just keep things going. There's been some news. It's been really slow in January anyway. And frankly, I was not excited about CES. No, you can find out more about that on the smart home show, but yeah, I, it'll get back. It'll get back. It's just, I'm having a hard time while I'm not home. Right. Understandable. We get it for sure. All right, well, we continue to do the show live, typically Tuesday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. There's a chat room for you to participate with us. It's not just a listening and viewing experience. It is two-way communication. We have a lot of fun with it. Follow us on Twitter or head on over to the Twitch channel and subscribe to us there, and you'll get notifications that way also to know when when we're going to do the show live. But we always tweet as to when those live shows will be happening uh, so that you don't have to miss the next one. Because that's going to do it for episode 548. He's Richard Gunther, and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Goodbye.